Are you curious about bodies, pleasure, and possibilities? And what about curious about what others are up to on the planet when it comes to pleasure, sex, and play? Have you considered what pleasure can do for your life, your body, and your bank account? Do you know something magical, delightful, and out of this world orgasmic is not only possible for you, but totally available to you? If you're ready to be the magical, sexual, sexy beast you know you can be, and you just need the tools to get there, you're in the right place. Now, here's the host of The Pleasure Zone, sensual movement artist, relationship and sex alchemist, Milica Yelenich. Welcome to The Pleasure Zone, sweet, sweet pleasure seekers. Uh, for those of you who are seeking pleasure, I think today's show might not be what you expected because usually I talk about things like body parts and how to tantalize them and how to have fun with them and all kinds of things that are uh, more kind of instructional. This is going to be instructional as well. However, this is all to do with communication. I thought it's about time I have a show dedicated to this because I mention it all the time. And then there is confusion as to what is communication. Uh, I found that out in my own relationship, that there's confusion in communication. So that was great. My my husband was uh, letting me know that we don't communicate the same. And here he actually was the inspiration for this particular show. Yay! <laughs> so... So it's funny because even though here I am, like trained as a sex and intimacy coach, working towards my uh, relationship coaching, I have tons of information in my back pocket, tons of tools from multitudes of different uh, modalities, and still I can be one of those people who is like dumbfounded by my own life. And how cool is it that we have many people in the planet, on the planet, that we can uh, refer to and ask questions to and play with that we can get more information and maybe realize what's going on. It's good to have a sounding board. And I tend to be the sounding board for a lot of people. And I have friends who are, this, are my sounding boards as well. And thank God for that because otherwise I would have been sitting around just being totally confused. So really good question to figure out is like, what the heck is this communication thing anyway? What is it anyway? Like, seriously, we all think it's about talking, and we all think it's about talking in the same way to each other, but the real definition of it actually comes, like the Webster's Dictionary definition is a process by which information is exchanged between individuals through a common system of symbols, signs, or behavior. What I like is that it's a common system. Now, symbols, signs, and behavior. Now, how many of us uh, have been in relationship where we don't have common symbols, signs, or behaviors? So if one partner thinks they're communicating, um, like me, for example, I thought I was communicating with words, but my husband is actually partially deaf. Not, not in one of those, like, a woman's always saying that her husband can't hear because he's deaf. Um, my husband is technically partially deaf. So he has a hard time understanding verbal communication. And for the life of me, even after seven years of being together, it still baffles my mind that my husband, who can, you know, do everything and communicate with clients all the time, um, I forget that he's partially deaf, 
because he must be really freaking good at lip reading because he, when he does speak with people, he speaks to them in their face, which can make you feel really um, seen, which is great. I mean, that's probably why his business does as well as it does is because he actually needs to talk face-to-face with people so that he can communicate better uh, or he does it via like emails and texting. So that method for him really works. And so for me, I speak on the radio, right? And, you know, for years I've been like, my husband doesn't listen to my radio show. Well, my husband doesn't listen to my radio show because he can't actually fully understand uh, verbal communication unless he can read either somebody's lips or the words on, like, the bottom of the screen. So here I get to have this, like, totally secret relationship with the rest of the world, communicating with all of you verbally, and through a mode of communication that we both understand. Because if you're listening to me, we are sharing some kind of common signs, symbols, and behaviors um, so that we can understand each other. And it's interesting uh, that we can exchange this information. And yet, here I have a relationship with my partner who absolutely has a hard time understanding things on things like the radio. So... It's uh, it's fascinating that this is part of my life that I choose to have too, and and it's cute to me. Like I'm sure if I had a radio show, if my radio show had um, a verbiage at the bottom, like where you could read it, he might um, actually listen to my show, uh, because even when we watch TV in our house, we always have all the closed captioning going on. So ever since he's been in our lives, um, my daughter has become a phenomenal reader because of closed captioning, um, and her communication style has has adapted and adopted uh, different ways to communicate with um, with her stepdad as well. Her dad, we just refer to him as dad. So it's a very interesting um, thing to see how even though I'm living in this situation where I know my husband cannot actually hear me, I still got to the point where I thought he should hear this, like a particular thing that I wanted him to hear, that, well, he should hear this. But the truth is he does not have the capacity to hear very well. So I needed to learn how to communicate with him in a way that he would be able to um hear my signs, signals, and symbols and behavior, right? So my my behavior to him was, his interpretation was, my wife gets crabby. That means she's, and generally this is true, when I get crabby, I'm either hungry, tired, or horny. And so for him, he would very diligently ask me these questions. Are, are you tired? And I'm like, No. <laughs> are you hungry? I'm fine. <laughs> are you, uh, what else? Horny? Uh, yes, like always horny. But um, it it was really f- funny because he was trying so diligently to try and follow my behavioral clues. Um, but there was always, there was always something that was else. Like there was something different. Yes, I could feed myself. Yes, I can go to bed when I'm tired. And yes, being horny is one thing. You can absolutely masturbate and take care of that aspect yourself but there's something about also touch that's very that kinesthetic 
uh, way of communicating for me is really key. So we have like auditory ways of communicating to listen to people. We have verbal ways of communicating. We have kinesthetic and we have energetic. We actually have so many ways of communicating. And that kinesthetic for me is really key for having my body know um, that it can either relax and receive, that it's loved, that it's um, like all of these things that most of us are looking for. And for me, I require a kinesthetic communication for that. And some people need like words that will affirm them and help them feel better about themselves. Words can help. And so this is where um, there was an interesting sort of thing that was going on um, where my husband's like, but if I tell you this, I need you to know that's true. And I was like, okay, but I don't work well with words of affirmation. I don't really receive them yet. I'm practicing receiving words of affirmation, um, compliments, things like that. I'm practicing. I really am. And so now what I'm working on is being able to receive his his form of communication. And he's working on uh, with me gifting me my form of communication. So it's an interesting dynamic shift after seven years to see that um, it just required finding what was the key to be able to communicate so that we can know where each other is at. And so many times, it just we we fail ourselves, and in that we fail our relationship. So knowing for you primarily, like what forms of communication signs, symbols, and behaviors do you require to help you feel like you're loved? What are some signs that your partner can give you that will help you feel loved, nurtured, like you matter? You know, that's really what we're all looking for is that we make a difference in their life and that we matter and that if we weren't there, you know, they'd be sad, you know. Like, let's face it, we kind of would like to know that we matter enough that if we weren't there, the person might be a little upset. And, you know, when when you do feel like somebody uh, is upset because you're not in their life, there's an immense amount of love that was there. You know, sometimes there's anger involved too. But a lot of times, uh, you know, if you're missing somebody, whether it's they died or there's a breakup or whatever, the the you know, generally speaking, the amount of anger is kind of correlated also to the amount of love that you have for that person. Um, if you didn't really care, you probably wouldn't have a lot of anger. Uh, and sometimes people have the capacity to resolve that before the relationship. And so it's um, it's just a matter of, again, communicating to figure out all of that. Um, some people do the resolution of the relationship before it dissolves. Uh, I had a relationship where we had, like, it was almost a therapeutic ending of, like, four or five months of like things like parting gifts, um, separating time from each other. We weaned off of each other. We, we'd been together for three, three over three years, and um, it was one of my more intelligent breakups I ever had, and I was only in my 20s at the time. And we kind of weaned off of each other, um, and I still have massive respect for him. Uh, he's lovely, and he's like married now and stuff. So um, still randomly keep in touch just to see how his life is going because you don't. It's not that you stop loving people; it's that you just start to love them different. Um, and sometimes when there is that like that whole 
uh, anger factor, there is still generally that anger and love. Man, they can come pretty close. They like loathing and love. Isn't that there's a movie, Fear and Loathing? Love, it should be should have been like Love and Loathing in Las Vegas because those were more like the extreme energetic, what we would think of as opposites. But there's so much intensity in both of them. Extreme love and extreme hate are such intense emotions. Um, and they often have this intermingling going on where it's love-hate that's so, so intense. So we're going to bring it back to um, the communication aspect of this. So what are different ways that people communicate? Let's look at, in general, people tend to communicate um, with with their senses. So we communicate with our eyes. We communicate with listening, with our words verbally, with our hands, uh, through touch or through even sign language, body language, and, you know, so we, we're using all, and we can also communicate through things like um, taste as well, interestingly enough. And, you know, uh, that's, that's a, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about all of those senses. One of the things to figure out for you is what is it for you that has you feel through different signs, symbols, and behaviors? What has you feel that you are loved, appreciated, that you're wanted, that you're desired, and that the person is choosing you. Because really that's what we want. We want to feel like we're being chosen. And, you know, that actually translates even into business life as well. If you have your own business, like I have my own business, it's always nice to be chosen for your business, and that just keeps your business thriving. There's something about being chosen that has us feel like we're thriving. As infants, if your parents choose you and they choose to feed you and they choose to clothe you and house you and you know shelter you, you're chosen, and then you actually thrive. When you're not chosen, uh, and I know many people who have gone through neglect and whatever, actually I had a friend whose mother had, as a young infant, been completely neglected. She was left for... Uh, several days just to see if she would thrive without food because the family was so destitute. They were so poverty-stricken that they couldn't really afford the child, and they figured if she was strong enough to survive a few days without food, then she could be okay to live. Um, So that neglect, in a way, she was chosen, but by being not chosen, it was very confusing. But the neglect um, for the first few days had her kick in some, some survival instincts, likely, and then she, ultimately, it was her and her body that chose life. So she chose it, and then, as a result, her parents also chose keeping her alive. That was interesting, though. That woman um, died a few years ago, and uh, throughout her life, she did have kind of carry that complex of never being uh, chosen or feeling like she was thriving. So that's something to uh, to be aware of, too, for you if, like, if you're like, looking at like communication isn't working for me like where where is this lack of communication what is it that you require to have you feel like you're thriving being chosen and surviving in this relationship so what are some signs symbols and behaviors that you need that will help you feel that and once you start to know what those are it's really helpful to be able to know how to tell your partner that right so we'll talk a little bit about that so we're going to be heading to our first commercial break Uh, here on the Inspired Choices Network's The Pleasure Zone. We'll be right back after this commercial. Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? 
What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Melitza Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone Radio Show with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich. To participate in the program today from the U.S., call 815-880-TALK. That's 815-880-8255. From Canada, dial 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Or send your questions or comments via email to info at MilicaJelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the Pleasure Zone, my sweet, sweet pleasure seekers. Today we're talking about communication. Why? Well, one of the reasons is because most of the shows that I talk about on here, I mentioned that top number one thing to do in order to have the pleasure you desire is communication. And what is communication? How do we do it? How do we um, ensure that our partner can receive the information? Or not that we can ensure it. You can never really ensure that. But can give them information in a way that they can have a better chance of receiving it, right? So we're going to be uh, diving in a little bit more. Before we totally dive into this, feel free at any time, if you have questions that are coming up for you in your life in relationship regarding sex and intimacy or relationships in general, and you would like uh, like a quickie with me, feel free to connect with me through my website, MelitzaJelenic.com. That's M-I-L-I-C-A-J-E-L-E-N-I-C.com. You can write me an email through there, and we can connect. And I gift anybody who uh, has the bravery, guts, and uh, chooses to, to connect with me. I give them 15 minutes so that you can see if you enjoy my style of of, uh, coaching and if it's something that you would like to try. So that is something that I'm offering. If that is something you would like, please do connect with me. We can talk more about some communication with and for you personally in your relationship or any other topics that you have found on the Pleasure Zone that you enjoy and that you would like to have a, a little bit of a dive into. And uh, we can look at some of that for you. So 
what are some of the communication things um, that, again, before we went to break, I was asking, what are some of the signs, symbols, and behaviors that you feel in relationship that you would like somebody to uh, work with you on? Like, So what are some signs that you require to feel like you're loved? Or some of the signs, things like, um, you know, your partner comes home from work or they say hi to you. Or maybe you don't live with your partner, but, you know, on the daily maybe they're like, hi, how are you? Is that kind of a sign for you that they appreciate, love you, and are trying to connect with you? Um, so some symbols. Sometimes symbols can be things like gifts that people give. Um, that's also part of behaviors. But symbols can be like, here's a flower, the symbol of love, you know. Uh, so what are some of the symbols that you share in common uh, that's helpful that they're in common because, you know, your partner might bring you a dead fish and they might be from some remote village in, you know, northern Canada and bringing the dead fish means that they love you. But for you, that's like, whoa, that was that. Does that mean the relationship's over? Because maybe you're from some remote fishing village in Italy and that remote fishing in, village in Italy says that if you bring me a dead fish, that means our relationship is over. Right. So it's really good to know if your symbols and behaviors are common, right? So that's one of the things. Know what yours are, and then with your partner, you can kind of go through the list, too. You can actually make a list, if you like, signs, symbols, and behaviors. You can make your three columns. What are the signs to tell you that you're loved? What are the symbols that tell you that you are loved? And what are some of the behaviors that have you know and feel that you're loved? and appreciated and, you know, that you are whatever it is that you're looking for, if you want to feel like you're the one, if you want to feel like you're, you know, a great lover, whatever it is, what are the signs, symbols, and behaviors that you require? So if your partner knows what you require, it's a lot easier for them to gift that to you. And yes, me saying this is hilarious to me today because it only took me really seven years I mean I communicate with my husband and we really don't argue but there there are some things that you know they build over time and uh, so for me when the communications was to get clear on with my partner that over time relationships change and so does intimacy and so does sex and I needed him to get that we're, we were moving into a different phase um, which also sounded like could be threatening, right? It's like, what do you mean? Are we separating? What's happening? So being really clear on like, what is it that you're, you know, as is even as you change, you might have new signs, symbols, and behaviors. So some of the the new behaviors that I was requiring uh, were actually some behaviors that we had initially, and I wanted to reintroduce them. Uh, behaviors that we had initially in our relationship was like if one of us were leaving for work and the other one was still asleep or in the house, we would kiss the other person goodbye and say, I love you. And we did that. We used to do that. And then it faded. I don't know. Maybe we got married and it faded. So there was no reason to not have that. So we've brought that back into our lives. And actually, uh, my husband wakes up far earlier than I do. He's in construction. So he's up really early. And I get my kiss goodbye in the morning. And there's something about it that has my body feel like oh, I can relax, I'm, I'm cool, I'm at home, I'm at ease. Um, I don't know. It's the smallest, smallest act but it and behavior, and it changes my day. So if you know something like that can change your day, and it's really effortless, I, I hope it's effortless for my partner, maybe I'll ask him. 
um, if you know, I'm hoping that it is effortless, though, is uh, and that he enjoys it. Uh, so when it is effortless and you enjoy it, it can just create so much more ease for both of you in the relationship, and it helps you to feel connected in a different way. It wasn't that I wasn't feeling connected. It was that I was looking for more of a synchronicity of what I was feeling and whatever was going on um, behaviorally. So I needed like a match between behavior and energetics. I don't know if that makes sense to you. So sometimes there's an energy that a person has where they say they're happy, but then the behavior does not indicate that. You know when people say, um, you say you're happy, we'll let your face know it. I don't know if you've ever heard that saying. We'll let your face know it would be like, then behave that way and show a smile. If you're actually feeling happy, show it, right? So having the behavior match the energy for me is really helpful. And that might be sometimes too in relationships where people start to feel a little wonky because we all have a capacity to feel energy. Some of us maybe have developed it more than others, and that's cool. And you can totally develop it, but you can always ask too, is there something off? Is is there something out of sync here? Because the synchronicity of like having the energy synced with the um, the behavior is really helpful. It's like if you've ever watched a movie where the sound is like a split second off of the people's, or like a show where the sound is off a split second from the person's face facial movements. I find it incredibly distracting, and all and the the lack of synchronicity drives me a bit crazy. So. <laughs> I'm curious if um, if any of you guys have that weird OCD habit too. But when I notice those like things that are slightly off sync, uh, I, it's like I need to reconcile that somehow. So for me, reconciling the things that are off sync really helps. So if my body feels off sync and I need to like find what's off in there, then I can readjust and then I feel better. And same with relationships. I just need to have a readjustment to feel a little bit better. Um, I also wanted to mention, too, some of the original meanings of communication because as much as we have now this meaning that it's about the signs, symbols, and behaviors, the definition of communication is actually from the Latin word communicare, which means to impart, to share, or to make common. And generally, the Latin meaning had more of a suggestion for the hope for some kind of mutual recognition. So everybody was understanding each other, we'll say. Um, that's um, kind of the word we might use for that. So mutual recognition, I see you, you see me. Um, it was much more tangible, less mental. Um, people you know, would have an actual tangible, I understand you kind of thing going on. So for those of you who feel like communication is bloody confusing, there may be a different meaning of it. Maybe you're looking for the meaning where you have mutual recognition, but that's not happening. And the way maybe to start to get to that mutual recognition, what I'm thinking is start to look at what are those signs, symbols, and behaviors that you know you like that you can tell your partner what they are, give them the list even. These are my signs, symbols, and behaviors that I like that help me feel loved, that help me feel heard, that help me feel received. Now, letting them know is really helpful. So 
really what we what we're looking for is for you to be honest with yourself, be true to who you are, be real about it, so that you can relate to not only yourself, you can relate to your partner, uh, whether that's your lover, and you can relate to other people. You know, you can relate to friends, um, and you can have this intimacy, genuine intimacy with friends and lovers, and have in general, a healthier bond uh, with other people. So we're looking for that, and so many of us are looking to have what we feel is a healthy bond. Even though we're all connected and you know, subconsciously we're all super aware that we're all connected and that you know, separation is a lie, we all know this, but then we don't know how to, to actually share that with each other. So this is part of what we learn how to do because communication is one of those things that we can really, you know, we can use it in different ways. We can use it to create a mutual bond, but we can also use it as a weapon. We can use it for all kinds of things. We can use it to heal. Um, I find, like, communication with my body is a great way to heal, but communication even with people to start to heal a rift in a relationship is very helpful as well. It can also be used for things like communication, like I always talk about this with sex, is it can improve and enhance your sex life. So there's so many aspects um, that knowing how to communicate and knowing what works for your partner, what works for you, can be incredibly helpful in being able to, um, to... to just have a more of a feeling of things flowing in your like in your life and your relationship. So so generally what we're looking for with communication is for people to share information, like relay their information. This is what I know, this is these are my experiences. That's communication, just like a teacher sharing knowledge or experiences is communication. Me on this radio show is communication. And for things like, uh, we often, I find, give a lot of value to verbal communication. And it's not always, doesn't always have to be verbal. Like I was saying, there's an energetic communication that goes on. There's kinesthetic communication that goes on. So we have all of these different ways of communicating through body language, touch, verbal, sign language, hearing, all of these things. Um, and so many more that we probably have yet to, you know, even telepathically maybe, um, so many ways of communicating that we have not yet really dived into. I think in general on this planet we are we are at like a very um, embryonic level of communication. Um, by that I mean that it's like we haven't even really been birthed as communicators, and yet look at all the things that we have going on. We have technology that we can communicate with each other through things like emails, texts, videos, all these other things. We have uh, written information. We have verbal information. We have shitloads of information out all there. Does that actually mean we're communicating? No, there's a question of the hour. So... That's just, it's my opinion, just my opinion that we're at the embryonic phase of communication. Um, I think if we were more at an advanced phase, like maybe we were a mature phase of communication, we wouldn't have all these issues like war 
and stupidity and uh, all this other stuff going on in the planet that's just causing rifts everywhere. So we're pretty much, to me, embryonic. And so uh, I'm, like, really looking forward to the world evolving into something more mature with communication. I don't know about you, but I know I am. And it's true. How do we actually achieve that, right? That would be individually we all need to start to mature our ways of communicating. And so getting out of that those embryonic phases and even starting to take some steps, just like babies, you know, they come out, they learn movement of some kind, whether it's that, you know, they can walk or can't walk. Um, they learn different forms of movement. And so those different movements would be the next steps in communication. So what are some of the things that you can choose that would be your next steps of communication? And would you prefer to you know, write your partner a letter? Would you prefer to have, uh, you know, speak with them face-to-face, looking in their eyes? Is there touch required? What do they require? So first know what do you require. Ask them what they require. Have that conversation about what you need. And then you are actually able to communicate with each other in a way that you can both know what's going on, uh, hear each other, and, you know, be present with that so that so much more helpful than just trying to, it's not necessarily about knowing where the other person's coming from. You don't really need to know that because you'll never understand their life experience. But if they can share with you in a way that you can hear them, um, for example, like with me, as long as I could say to my husband, what I require is like kinesthetic um actions that help me feel that you're interested in me and and he was like okay well what does that mean to you i'm like well it doesn't mean that i need uh, to be fucked 24 7 that's not what a kinesthetic thing would be for me so then it opened um it, it kind of opened the door to a conversation to be able to talk about what is communication for me and what I, what I require from him to see if he can, you know, can he actually do what I require. And in those moments, you have to also be willing to have your relationship die. Yes, that's kind of an interesting one, right? So sometimes it's not about having the other person do do what you want. It's being willing to share what your requirements are and be willing to let it go if they can't fulfill it. Yeah, so communication does not mean that you get your way. We're going to talk a little bit more about what communication is not after this next commercial break. So you're listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network, and we'll be right back after this commercial break. Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Milica Jelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Milica Jelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life, and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. 
interested in masturbating for money, copulating for consciousness, and pleasuring on purpose? 21 Days of Sexual Magicism with sensual movement artist Milica Jelenic is an exploration of tools, processes, and actions that you can use to create more for your life, your body, your money inflows, and so much more. Graduated learning for all levels of interest. Learn at your own pace via video classes or join the yearly live class. Take a peek at www.melitzayelenich.com. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich. To participate in the program today from the U.S., call 815-880-TALK. That's 815-880-8255. From Canada, dial 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Or send your questions or comments via email to info at militzayelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, sweet, sweet pleasure seekers. You are listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network, and today we're talking about communication. Oh, wow, and there goes my voice. Wasn't that fun? So what is communication? We spoke a little bit about this um, before, what it is in terms of the definition from the Webster's Dictionary, from what uh, the original meaning in Latin with communicare, what we can do to communicate with our lovers, partners, and and in general, like what is communication with uh, you know people in general? So whether you know all the things that it can do, you know, communication, what it can do is be used as a weapon, what it can do is be used to heal, what it can do is be used to enhance your life, including your lovemaking, including your business, including all kinds of things. It is about things like sharing information and experiences. And what it is not, what it definitely is not, is avoidance. I know some people think that they're communicating through avoidance, like the silent treatment. I mean, I suppose um, you are communicating, but you just not. Sorry, that avoidance is not a form of communication, and neither is um, isolating yourself. So hiding, avoiding, those are not actually communications. If you are hiding and avoiding, you're actually not even communicating with yourself what you are doing is hiding and avoiding. When you're hiding and avoiding, you're hiding and avoiding everything, uh, and that includes hiding and avoiding it from you. So you're not really dealing with whatever's coming up, so you're not even communicating with yourself. If you're not even communicating with yourself, what starts to happen? If you don't communicate with you about your emotions, if you don't communicate with you about your body, you start to fall apart and turn into a disaster, essentially. So when you isolate and avoid, all avoidance is a lack of communication. So when you do that, what are you doing? You're avoiding your life. You're probably avoiding your business. You're probably avoiding the people who love you. You're avoiding your own body, your own body's signals. Who knows? You might be avoiding so much to the point where you actually avoid even going to the bathroom and maybe you've just become like a disaster um you know so really being aware of like what does this avoiding and hiding do 
is not a form of communication. Even when we were kids, we would play hide and go seek. The hiding part was actually part of being found. And in our hiding, we were probably looking to be found. But the truth is, uh, people just right now don't have necessarily the time to go out and try and find you. So if you are hiding and you're looking for people to find you, nice try. We're probably not playing hide and seek. So stop thinking that you are. That game ended a little while ago. And uh, if you're still playing it and people aren't finding you, then the communication is not working. Your hiding form of communication, not working. So one of the other things is that communication is not actually limited by gender. It's not limited by culture. Some people will say, oh, the Italians, they speak all the time. They talk with their hands. And the French, they communicate with love and food and blah, blah, blah. And people will make up things about cultures that um, they see as true. Or they say that women speak and men don't. Well, these are all things that have just been forced onto people um, socially, generationally. And it's not true. It's just you know, something that some lie that we all bought that women talk and men don't. I know lots of women who don't like to talk, and I know lots of men who love to talk. Definitely not limited by gender. Uh, we're going to expand that gender from men and women to, like, everybody, including um, pan, pansexual, to including um, intersex, all of it. We're going to just include all genders, so it's not limited by gender. And it's also... Uh, definitely not limited to words. Like I was saying, communication is not always verbal. And again, through our definition from Webster's Dictionary about that is signs, symbols, and behaviors. So if it's not just words, what else can it be? And communication is not always something that is has to be positive. It doesn't have to be like, you're the best, you're the best. No. Not always. Sometimes the, some of the greatest resolutions come from being very clear about what your requirements are, and that's not always positive. Like One of the ways that I find is, is uh, the easiest, one of the easiest ways to communicate is to keep it personal. Like, I feel this. Because there's no denying. The person can never deny how you feel. I feel this, this is, you know, instead of going, you're an asshole, it's like, I feel, when somebody's, when you think somebody's an asshole, you have to get down to the, I feel like I'm not loved or respected around you. When I'm in your presence, I don't feel love. And, I don't, and so that, so that's just how you feel. It's not really about them, it's just how you feel. You could say, wow, you're jerk for for ignoring me but you can say wow when i'm and so communicate with you first check on that it's like that person just really made me mad what is that i feel start with that so i noticed that um a lot of people love the blame game it's all their fault it's all their fault start with the i feel because truly the anger is a feeling and when you're feeling angry Go to the I feel and see what comes out of you. I feel this. I feel hurt. I feel betrayed. I feel unloved. I feel this and I feel that. 
and then go into, and you can write all of this first. Always good to get it out for yourself first, and then you can start to get to the truth. I feel betrayed or I feel unloved because, and then what is it that has you feel betrayed or unloved? Write that. And what can I do in the future to have me feel that I'm respected, adored, and received? That would be the opposite of betrayed and unloved, right? Respected, adored, and received. What can I choose to have that show up? What what can I choose different? And what can I choose, period? And And it may be different with every individual as well. So to know what that is too for you. So always recognize that because, you know, fights can go on forever and they can tumbleweed into insanity and they can, I watched my parents do it for a number of years and they can just tumbleweed into crazy and nobody's ever really stepping back and going, I feel this. This is what I actually feel and what do you feel? A lot, you know, sometimes people will still take offense to how you feel. That's that's their prerogative uh you know i feel unloved and they can't really argue with that unless they say to you i do love you and this is how i'm trying to show you can you receive my form of love this is actually the kind of conversation that i had with my husband which led from i don't i don't feel uh, such and such and he's like well when i do this this is me showing you this is how i feel so you can have these conversations and my husband's not a talker he's very quiet and he's also very deaf <laughs> so so if i can have a conversation with my husband um who's not a conversationalist anybody can have these conversations you just need to get clear for you first and I encourage you to do some writing about the what do you feel you can share that with your partner or not but it's always good to know how you feel because it's not always going to be cute and it's not always going to be a positive statement it's your feelings sometimes get ugly and it's just acknowledging that's what's going on and once you start to you can get to what's underneath it and you can get to the truth of it and you can release it we're going to head to our next commercial break so you're listening to the pleasure zone here on inspired choices network and we'll be right back after this commercial Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Milica Jelanić, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Milica Jelanić, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life, and quite possibly, other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Interested in masturbating for money, copulating for consciousness, and pleasuring on purpose? 21 Days of Sexual Magicism with sensual movement artist Milica Jelanić is an exploration of tools, processes, and actions 
that you can use to create more for your life, your body, your money inflows, and so much more. Graduated learning for all levels of interest. Learn at your own pace via video classes or join the yearly live class. Take a peek at www.melitzayelenich.com. This is the Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich. To participate in the program today from the U.S., call 815-880-TALK. That's 815-880-8255. From Canada, dial 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Or send your questions or comments via email to info at militzayelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the Pleasure Zone, my sweet, sweet pleasure seekers. Just before break, I was mentioning uh, a few things. I mentioned about uh, my parents, um, how they had an interesting... um, They tended to argue a lot. My parents got uh, separated when I was four, divorced when I was about seven. So um, we... My mom removed us out of the home when I was four, and the communication between my mom and dad was a lot of avoidance, a lot of yelling. When there was when the avoidance wasn't happening, there was a lot of yelling, and my dad, in general, uh, was very disturbed. Um, he had a lot of anger, and his his history of watching uh, communication was that his father was highly abusive. Compared to his dad, my dad was practically angelic. Um, So the abuse was quite generational. And when you start to look at that, um, that is actually how people communicate sometimes is through abuse, even though it's not kind. You know, there's different ways, you know, of... of, uh, people trying to communicate uh, how they feel through anger or whatever, and sometimes it comes out really ugly. And what my question to you is, what are your earliest memories of communication? Like if you go back and you think about, you know, do you remember your first word? Do you remember making your first friend? Do you remember what energy was going on in your house? Did your parents talk in front of you? Did they not talk? When they talked, did they yell? Uh, what was going on. So it's interesting to look at our first memories because a lot of times we will attract our partners um, in our lives that communicate the same way that our parents did. Yes, it sounds very Freudian, but there is a lot of truth to it. So, for example, in my home, um, my mom would... my mom would try and speak up, but she was also dealing with somebody who English was their second language. My dad was highly abrasive and angry and yelled all the time. Uh, so my mom would have tried not to avoid things, and in her own way she ended up not avoiding them by uh, leaving. So when you look at some of your earliest memories of communication, look at how they have played out through your lifetime, through your relationships, And then start to ask, is there another way to be other than to be your parents? Uh, If you're avoiding or if you're yelling like your parents were or whatever, is is there a better way to communicate? And just ask that. Just not even have to find the solution yet. Just being 
playing with the question of is there a different way to communicate rather than the way that I, you know, that my parents communicated. And sometimes we mimic our parents because this is the first things we ever saw and we learned a lot from them. We learned uh, a lot of different behaviors from our parents. We have some things instinctively as well that are just ours, but so much of what we learn, especially about primary uh, ways of communicating, whether it's through language or body language or whatever, is from what we have observed in our parents. So if you're finding that you have some communication breakdowns going on, definitely look to your life and see where has this trend occurred, when did it start, what were your first memories, and what can you choose different? What if you're not your parents? What if you can learn a totally different way to communicate that's going to be effective for you? And sometimes, you know, just honoring the other person. Sometimes people need space and they're not actually avoiding. So just deciphering too, like if somebody says, I just need space, sometimes somebody just does need space. I know for me, if I get like a good 10 minutes, I can generally transmute things that I'm upset about. But I need my space to do it so that I can go through the process in my head of asking the questions of like, what is this? Where did this come from? Who does this belong to? When did this start? Can I change this? Cool, now what can I do to change it? So I'll go through a process in my mind, but I generally need a minute or two of just my my own self, my own presence with myself to be able to uh, transmute that, to change that up. And so uh, checking too, because as much as I was saying earlier that communication is not avoidance, um, sometimes it's needing space, and that's a little different. Avoiding and space are, are different, so deciphering that as well. We're definitely, like I was saying, in the embryonic phases of communication on this planet. We have so much to learn about how to be better communicators, how to be effective communicators, and to be able to be with people and not have to try and be right, not have to try and convince them that what we're wanting is the right way um, or the wrong way or whatever it is to try and sway people. This is not really what we need to do. I'm looking for a planet where we're all able to just be ourselves, say what we need to say, and it's okay if people don't agree with us and it's okay if they do agree with us. It doesn't really matter. So until next week, stay tuned in and turned on. Thank you for listening to The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich. The Pleasure Zone returns next Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, and 5 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by choosing to be turned on and tuned in to your body.